Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we drive out to the country to watch the Pikmin bloom. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including everything about Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. And then on Thursday, we are ranking the power-ups from Metroid Dread. But Mark, in the meantime, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, of course, when this episode's release is, we will be in... November will be pa- be past Halloween. So, Patrick, knowing you, I'm guessing by now you guys have drug out the Christmas tree. You've got the holiday tunes playing. You're wearing coordinated sweaters. This is all sounding familiar and absolutely correct, right? Right, right. Famously, we go all out for Christmas. <laughs> no, I, I, I was telling you before the show uh, that I could see my neighbors across the street have a giant inflatable Santa um, <laughs> like behind the house. I can see it out my bedroom window from across the street, giant, like two-story tall inflatable Santa. Uh, and I can't tell if they're like keeping it in the backyard like forever, if they're about to like move him out front like the <laughs> right. second we turn over. <laughs> right. It reminds me of like, you know, like at Disneyland, they, they've been putting their Christmas tree backstage. Of course. You know, they've been yes. putting it together for weeks now. So, you know, like tomorrow morning, basically, they can haul it out front. And I, I'm assuming that your neighbors are doing something very similar, that the moment Halloween is officially over, that baby's right. coming to the front yard. I mean, you know, it you, you say you save time when you invest in preparation, right? Like <laughs> that's right. You don't want to be caught unaware, you know. Uh, Christmas comes so quickly. Uh, speaking of things that come quickly, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You can certainly try. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail. and give us a mailing address where we can send you. My copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It doesn't cost you anything. There may, look, there may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there instead of Sonic Forces. But, uh, you know, Goose is chaotic. Uh, No one can control it. No one should expect to control it. Um, I, uh, I feel as though I, like, I sometimes am tricked into believing that I control it. But I do not. I only administer the Goose's will. Um, So, yeah, get on that list. I, Patrick, the more you talk about it, the more and more it begins to sound like it's the Untitled Goose Game program. You know, mm. that it has um, uh, slowly taken over and now you're just executing its will yeah. and the Sonic <laughs> and Sonic Forces shadows. I believe you said it correctly, but for a second my mind heard entitled goose game which is maybe (laughs) maybe what's happening here well another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast we appreciate it so much um it helps patrick and i grow the show it and we just love reading everything uh that people leave in the review so thank you so much to everybody who has done so ever um if you leave us a five-star review on the u.s apple podcast store we'll see it and we will give you a shout out on the show if you leave us a review anywhere else, please uh, send us uh, an email, hit us up on Twitter, and uh, letting us know that you left a review, and we'll give you a shout-out that way. 
Yeah, and it's not just reviews. If however your podcatcher allows you to interact with the show, if it's faving it, giving it a certain number of stars, the highest number preferably, <laughs> um, then then uh, hit hit us up. We'll give you a shout out on the show. We appreciate everyone who does. Um, Mark, we have uh, uh, an email before we get down to business. Uh, an email from Jason here. Um, Jason writes uh, the subject line. Pikmin Game and Watch. So, Mark, look, I, we are still in Game and Watch month. The listener is not in Game and Watch month anymore. But I just need you to set your mind in Game and Watch mode for a second. Are you there? Uh, yep. Okay, I am great. ready. Okay. Uh, the email reads: Hey, Mark and Patrick, I was listening to your latest episode, and you were wondering what a Pikmin game for Game and Watch would be. I pitched to you. Olimar is throwing Pikmin at things like old carnival games where you have to knock them over. It's essentially the milk jug game, but you throw Pikmin. Love the show. Keep it up. Ooh, that's a good idea. That's a really good one. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's so simple. And so like, uh, you know, it, it falls in that like line of uh, Game & Watch things where it's just like, oh, yes, it's immediately obvious setup. Yep. Like everyone gets a carnival game where you're trying to knock down milk jugs. What do you think Have you win you... in the Pikmin universe? <sighs> like a giant strawberry? <laughs> yeah, that's that that's probably that's probably right cuz I was thinking like, oh, you know how like uh at some of those carnival games you could win like a goldfish or something. I'm yeah. trying to think what is the what is the goldfish equivalent in the Pikmin universe cuz what is lower than a Pikmin? No, Pikmin are like the bottom of the barrel. I mean, it's uh yeah, I mean, I although I guess you... that metaphor doesn't really carry because it's not like a baseball or whatever that you would throw at a carnival game is lower right, than throwing... a, a <laughs> than a goldfish. <laughs> sure, what's what's the hierarchy? What's higher up on the food chain, <laughs> baseball <laughs> or goldfish? Right. Um, all right, Mark. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. Uh, so I uh, have uh, now gone back to The Legend of Zelda, The Skyward Sword, um, something that, uh, Mark, you, you teased that you were probably going to get back into um, since you uh, hit sort of a wall in, in Metroid Dread. Um, have, have you also been playing Skyward Sword? No, I, I, I didn't have a chance this week, so I made no forward progress in Metroid Dread. I just kind of like <laughs> am where I am at this point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't put any time into Skyward Sword yet. Um, so I, I believe when last we spoke, you had just finished the, uh, the dungeon when like you revisit Faron Woods, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So I just caught up with that. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so yeah, got, got the whip in there and, uh, fought that boss, which is super cool. Um, with like the many arms and you have to like take apart this like clockwork creature, um, it's very cool and very fun and like my god, uh, it's every time I play that game, I um, am just like freshly reminded of how fun it is. Yeah, um, totally. Like it's it is definitely one that I can't play for a super like long amount of time. Like I just get physically tired swinging my arms around. Um, but like it's just super fun and engaging every time I do it. Yeah, I I mean I I feel the same way. I am eager to get back into it. I just think it's um. I, I don't know where it, it would fit on my list of Zelda, like personal Zelda yeah. rankings, but I'm wondering after we finish playing it, I think we might need to revisit our definitive ranking of the Zelda series because we almost, I, I think we ranked Skyward Sword at the bottom because neither of us had played it. And yeah. I do not think that would be the case anymore for me. 
Well, and I believe that we ranked just the console Zelda games, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, this this was an early ranking. This is when we like discovered that we could do ranking episodes. <laughs> so yeah, it may be time to revisit it anyway. Um. So I also have not made any forward, like I was saying, any forward progress in Metroid Dread. I thought about it. I definitely considered playing it, but so I've um because I I was at the final boss, couldn't beat the final boss, so. Um, decided to go back and try to get more items and more like health energy tanks. So that way yeah. I'm a little bit like stronger when I go to try again. And I am at the point where I'm far enough away physically in the game, like location wise, that it's going to take me maybe like 30 minutes or something to get back to the final boss. And so that is a little bit of like a mental wall that I have to overcome. So, Mark, uh, you may think that you're, like, 30 minutes away from uh, reaching the the surface again, but um, there's a point in the game where all of the um, teleport pads, like, the, the, the pads that let you, like, move between um, different areas on the map, you know, there are those, like, different transition points. There's, like, the train, there's the elevator, there's the teleportation. Um, the teleporters usually go, like, red teleporter to red teleporter, green teleporter right. to green teleporter. But there's a point where um, all the teleporters are connected. So you can choose, when you hop on a teleporter, where you want to go. So you can take it, like, right to Hanuba, right to the... Or whatever it is. It's, yeah. I, I have vague impressions of all of, like, the names of the areas. <laughs> and I don't... Like, Buenaria? I don't know. I don't know if that's what it's called. <laughs> Something like that. That's the shape of the word. But you can teleport right to it and uh, oh. challenge the final boss again. Wait, okay, so do I have to do anything to unlock that? Or just, like, by getting to this point in the game, it just happens? You have to do something to unlock it, but I don't remember what it was or when exactly it happens. But by the time you have faced the final boss, yeah. you have done it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's unlikely that I'd, like, missed it or something. I mean, that's my understanding. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll go and check. I think I'm not that far away from a teleporter i guess at no time are you super far away from right. one um okay well that's okay that changes things that's good to know so it may be less than a, a half hour walk to get back to the boss <laughs> well speaking of metroid dread uh tetris 99 had a tetris maximus cup uh this past weekend and it was metroid dread themed yeah, sure was. Um, and it was super fun. Um, I, I, I got I got in there like early Saturday morning and played a bunch of it. I did not score a Tetris Maximus at any point. Um, I I don't know if my skills are rusty or what. Um, but I was even having a hard time like getting into the top ten. Um, which normally I, I can do. Um, because you know, you want to hear what that uh what the top ten music is. Um, because it's always like the most intense music. Uh-huh. Um but it's just the like the um fighting the Emmy music that like yeah yeah I wondered about that because like if, I th I thought one of the cool things about this theme is that the progression kind of was like cool and made sense of the music yeah. like yeah. um the initial one is kind of that main like Metroid like exploration theme including the fanfare at the very beginning. Yeah, and well, and it starts silent, which is so cool. <laughs> like the for the first like. 15 seconds you're just dropping pieces in silence yeah i i thought it was really neat patrick i have a i have a tetris 99 strategy question so okay, okay so when you're being targeted by like six different people or whatever and you're the the left side um where it shows you yeah how like how many uh impending rows 
are yes. headed your ways. What are you even supposed to do to combat that? You're like, supposed to score lines. Just like combos, like is that like you just it's just like combos help, yeah. Um, so the the way that uh, the scoring works, um, if you don't have any incoming lines, then your everything that you score ends up uh, contributing to attacks against other players. If you have um, attacks incoming, you can counter them by uh, scoring the those the, those higher um, row scores. But you don't want to do single line clears because a single line clear doesn't defend you at all. Uh, um, okay. So you want doubles, triples, or tetrises. Um, and if you can uh, like layer um, combos on top of that, then it all, all the better, right? So if it's the second part of the combo, it'll deal, uh, you know, one one point more of damage. If it's the third part of the combo, it'll deal, uh, you know, plus two damage. Uh, fourth part plus three. So like, yeah, combos and like big line clears, um, will protect you from incoming attacks. Got it. Got it. Okay, that's good to know. I mean, just like all, most of my advice for Tetris 99 is play fast, play as fast as possible, um, because uh, you can be attacked by like five people at once, and the only way to beat them back is to throw down as many lines as fast as you can. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we're both playing um, Tetris 99. I, Mark, I assume you did end up getting the theme at some point? I did, yes. I successfully yes. got the theme. Um, Sarah and I have also been playing, um, continue to play Tetris Effect Connected, um, because the game rules. Um, it's just so much fun. I don't have anything new to say about it, but uh, it it's just very good. Is Connected like th- they added a multiplayer aspect? Is that right? Yeah. So we haven't really dug into that yet. Oh, okay. Um, the just sort of like the mainline like I- I'm going to call it story mode, but that's not right. Like the just the regular like sequencing of. Um, things that they put you through is so compelling that like it's hard to make us do something else like mm-hmm. i, I kind of want the game to just hypnotize me the way it does uh and um just experience that so i i, I think we will we want to talk about the nintendo switch online expansion pack before yeah. i think that'll be a uh, pretty meaty so before we get into that i've yeah. also been playing pikmin bloom which kind of released out of nowhere this is the um Pikmin AR walking game that uh, had was revealed a few months back. Uh, it's a collaboration between Nintendo and Niantic, the same company responsible for Pokemon Go. And um, but yeah, the release was a surprise, at least to me. They released it last week. I picked it up. I downloaded it. I've been messing around with it a little bit. I definitely haven't put it through its like full paces. And for me, it's I'd like. I'm not that interested in doing yeah. it. Like there was nothing in it that really grabbed me. I am struck how um, uh, often I forget that the Pikmin are actually like really cute and full of personality. So cute, yes. <laughs> like uh, I enjoy P- the K- Pikmin very much, but basically, from what I've gleaned, the way it works is, you know, uh, it asks for access to like the health information stored on your phone, so it can. Um, see how many steps you're walking and as you walk more you're able to um, like grow more Pikmin essentially and so these Pikmin uh, become part of your horde and they follow you around and when you're going for walks you can do things like plant flowers as you're walking and doing that gives you like certain boosts um, to the amount of steps that you're taking so like 
okay, like it takes 10,000 steps to unlock, to like grow this certain type of Pikmin. But if you uh, turn on this power up and you're planting flowers as you walk, then you get a 20% boost. So it takes less steps to do it like that sort of thing. And, yeah. And then uh, when you're not walking, if you want to just like open the app, you can kind of like play with your Pikmin and you um, toss them little beads of dew and different color do turn like the flowers on the top of their head, different colors. And uh, you can gather those petals. That way you have like more petals to pl plant. Like it's all really cute. Um, but I did not find it particularly motivating to like make me want to go for walks. And it almost just felt like another thing that I have to manage that is constantly <laughs> telling me to move. Do you know what I mean? Where like... Mm. I uh, I, re I recently got an Apple Watch and it is constantly t buzzing, you know, at me being like, time to do this, time to do that. Like, you still have time. And it's like, I know I need to work out. Like, stop giving me the stress of, uh, I think it's supposed to be motivational, but to me, it just feels like it's too much. And that's yeah, how I like feel. it's like nagging. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about Pikmin Bloom, where it's just like, hey, you know, gives push notifications where it's like, hey, the Pikmin would love to see you and like all that kind of stuff. And it's like, leave me alone. I, there's too much, there's too much going on in my life. I cannot handle trying to manage the expectations of Pikmin. That's so funny. Um, I, I went for a, a long walk today um, and I, I had just downloaded Pikmin Bloom, but I hadn't like messed around with it at all. Yeah. Um, so like while I was out, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll open it up and I can like get started here. And then there was like, you know, I had to like sign in and I was like, no, oh, forget it. <laughs> so I don't know for, for me, like I like going on the walk like enough on its own um, that like also having to look at my phone is a little like, well, wait a minute. Why am I, why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. do think one of the nice things is that um, you can, there is like a, Kind of almost like AR mode where you can walk around and you know you'll see Pikmin in the environment. And you can like snap photos, and all that kind of stuff. And one of the mechanics in the game is if you take pictures on your walk, um, the Pikmin will like choose their favorite photo that you took oh, on the cute. walk and like give that you photos. Cute. So it, it's like it's it's cute. There's a lot going on there. But one thing is nice is that if you, uh, you know, as long as you have the footsteps like the steps tracking turned on which i think you have to in order to use the application uh you don't have to have your phone out during the walk you okay. can it'll just keep track of your steps and then like at the end of the day or whenever you want to do it you can check in with at the app and you know it'll give you credit for every for everything that you've done but um so i i think it's i think it's cute um but it's just like it's it's too much like i don't need another yeah. thing to try to manage if that makes sense or at least another obligation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, should we get into it? Should we talk about Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, so I my Nintendo 64 controller arrived on Friday. Um, so I was able to spend some time uh, playing those games with that controller. Um, and I just want to start uh, everything that we're talking about by saying I don't, I honestly don't know how you play the Nintendo 64 games without the Nintendo 64 controller because the button mapping on those things seems like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried yet. I, I got my Nintendo 64 controllers um, last week as well. I forgot how huge these things are. They're, They're very big. so big. And so the packaging is also very big, especially when you compare it to the like NES controllers or the Super Nintendo controllers 
for Switch, like those are so like thin and svelte that like the packaging yeah. is not that big. Um, so I have not actually like I downloaded the the Nintendo sixty four Switch Online app. I opened it and like looked at the titles and everything, but I haven't tried to play a Nintendo sixty four game as of yet. I know that there were some complaints about the uh, emulation not being very precise, and I, I've to be honest, I don't think I could. I I'd like I would be able to notice. I mean, so I I haven't uh, noticed it. Uh, you know, I, I know there's like the uh, the the graphical issues with like not rendering the the fog in the same right, way that the yeah. original hardware would, um, which I expect uh, you know I'll feel as I get like deeper in uh, Mario Kart and if I ever if I play Ocarina on this thing, um, but uh, I am noticing uh, even in something like. Um, so the 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 Nintendo sixty four games that I've uh, played or mess around with in some capacity so far are Star Fox sixty four, Super Mario Kart, uh, or Mario Kart sixty four, um, Super Mario sixty four, and a little bit of Doctor Mario sixty four. Um, and Doctor Mario sixty four is the only one of these three that I didn't feel some kind of lag um, on on the controller. Um, I felt it. I mean. Star Fox 64 is one of my favorite Nintendo 64 games uh, and my favorite Star Fox game and the game that I've just played to death, right? Um, so I feel like I know that game very well and like I can feel how to control it just like in my bones. Um, and I know that like it's sort of like trailing behind where I'm oh, like pointing uh-huh. the reticle and stuff. And so like I, I don't really know what the solution for that is and I don't really know if... Uh, that'll ever improve or if like that's just what happens with like a wireless controller and um you know hdmi like all of those like tiny little steps being like one more uh point removed from being hardwired into a nintendo 64 which is then connected by like coaxial cable into a crt tv that all happens like instantaneously yeah that is a little bit of a bummer i wonder i know that you know with the um uh super nintendo classic edition when there was reports of like lag one of the things the nintendo recommended was you know if you if your game if your tv has like a gaming mode yeah to engage that i i i never did you know so i have no idea if that would like alleviate some of it or not but yeah i i have heard similar reports or read similar reports of people experiencing lag when playing them when playing these Nintendo I mean, the, 64 games. Yeah, the the thing that's so weird about that, though, is that, like, I only feel the lag because I know what the original feels like. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that if there was... If the game had never existed before and I didn't have a ton of experience with it, I would just be like, oh, this is just how the game controls and my mind would, like, adjust it, right? Right. Um, but, yeah, like, just the nece- the necessity of it being on different hardware um means that like my muscles know it uh and and, and can feel the difference was there a li- was there any learning curve in going back to a Nintendo 64 controller yes um there there definitely was i felt like my hands were way closer together than they used to be and that's probably just because i've gotten bigger since the last <laughs> time i played Nintendo 64 um uh, i think also the and Mark, you'll uh, I I will be interested to hear uh, if you have this like kind of sense memory as well, um, or just what your experience of Nintendo sixty four controllers was uh, originally. But I feel like the thumbstick is more responsive. Oh, interesting! Um, like it kind of snaps back more livelily than I remember. Um, and you know that could be because 
you know, when's the last time I touched a new Nintendo 64 controller, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know, 25 years. Um, but yeah, like it, it, like just like flicking the stick and it like returning to center position, uh, like felt too good. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like I expected it to be looser. Oh yeah, that's so interesting. Um, man, all of all of the Nintendo 64 controllers we had by the time that you know the last time I played with them, yeah, they were beat to hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah I, I I do th- that. Man, that is because when the Super Nintendo Classic Edition controllers came out, and same with like the ones for Switch, like I had forgotten how like um the feeling of the like uh kind of like pattern of the plastic, yeah. Because yeah. you know the ones I had were all like worn down and all that kind of stuff. So that is really interesting. I I do think it'll take me a little bit of getting used to using a Nintendo sixty four controller again for sure. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm also a little bummed that there's no uh the rewind feature isn't available on the Nintendo 64. I don't think I I, I tried to engage it and it didn't work. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. But oh, because um, you're doing it using the Nintendo 64 controller. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Because like the the rewind is uh you know I is helpful in playing like the other games. I use it. Uh. Oh, I I played a bunch of the. Um, Sega Genesis too. Um, I played uh, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Sonic the Hedgehog two, and Gunstar Heroes. Um, and in playing Sonic, uh, it was great to have a rewind feature with Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, like that's how a Sonic game should be played always, because you're going as fast as you can. Like you're bound to make stupid mistakes, and you don't want to have to like start the whole thing over again. Just like rewind a little bit. So I, I have I have been playing the Genesis collection. I mean specifically I've been playing Song of the Hedgehog 2. I don't I I don't know how much time you've put into it, Patrick, but I'm loving it in a way that like <laughs> I never ever expected to love it. Even after, you know, playing Sonic Mania, um th- this feels different. It's like my experience with it is different. Because now I feel a little more comfortable you know, with like understanding how Sonic works and how it's like supposed to move. And so I'm appreciating, I guess I'll say like the the design of it a little bit more where it's like, oh yeah, the first uh, act in a zone really acts as like an, in- an introduction. You get, you know, the different mechanics, the different enemy types in the zone. And then the second part of it kind of like messes with it where it's like, yeah. okay, like it's a little bit, it feels more advanced. It feels more difficult. Cause it's like, okay, we set the stage in the first act telling you, showing you what's going to be in here. And then now we're going to like amp up the difficulty a little bit. Although I have to tell you, I forgot that I could do a spin dash. And so there was like a part in one of the zones <laughs> where you have to spin dash in order to like uh, break through something. So you can continue yeah. to the level. And I saw, you know, like tails, like spin dashing all over the place, like a little jerk. And I'm like, how do I do that? So I had to like, I had to, I had to look it up because I had forgotten, e- e- you know, even though it's featured, even Hold though it's, down. yeah, even though it's featured in Sonic Media, I had forgotten all about like That's how to funny. do the spin dash. And so um, I had to, I had to look up the controls again. So I'm by no means a Sonic expert, but like the music is banging. I'm just, I, I'm really enjoying Sonic uh, the Hedgehog 2 a lot. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, there's like a lot of, I don't know, like, you know, good games in in this collection, but like, I was having a lot of fun playing Gunstar Heroes. I don't know if you've ever played that before, but it's like, um, almost like a a Contra-like, but with like way more personality. Um, 
that I was having like a ton of fun with. Um, and I was having fun with Echo the Dolphin until like I, I hit a, a barrier. Um, I, I forgot how, f- or I maybe never knew how fast that game is. Um, like you're this dolphin and you're just like zipping through the environment. It's sort of nuts. Um, and then I played not through Golden Axe, but like, you know, as much as I'm ever going to play of like uh, a, you know, medieval beat em up. Um, and it's a solid one of those where you see a bunch of crazy enemies and like do weird stuff. Um, I have never really gotten far enough in Echo the Dolphin to get to the point where you're zipping around. Uh, my memory of playing that game is not being able to figure out how to really get past that first um, like part where you're just the- sw- swimming around in the cove or whatever. Yeah, well, and I am stuck in a cove at some point where, where it's like, you have to find the something key. Um, and I was looking for that key, and I did not find it. And I stopped <laughs> playing. It is, it is on my list of uh, things to, like, um, at least get past the first level. It reminds me of, you know, playing the Game Boy, a Boy and His Blob, Rescue of Princess Blobette, and never for the life of me being able to figure out that game. And so only as an adult watching a YouTube walkthrough and figuring out what you're supposed to do. Right. I am determined to similarly conquer Echo the Dolphin, or at least get past that first area. Um. So, like, it, it is... Uh... Uh, you know, just said on, on on the subject of like the expansion pack in general, um, I do think it's interesting that like in this moment, I am finding about as much value from the um, Nintendo 64 as I am from the Genesis that like there are, you know, obviously there are games in the Nintendo 64 collection that I want to play, but that there are a bunch in the Genesis collection that are um, at the very least curiosities, um, but like also just like some games I genuinely want to play. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I was actually really surprised. Like, the reason I started with the Genesis games with Sonic is because I opened up the Nintendo 64 app, and there were, there like you're saying, there are games I want to play. I want to replay Star Fox 64. Um, I want to play Mario Kart 64 again. Like, there is definitely stuff in there that I want to play. But I could not resist diving into the Sega Genesis collection. And part of it, I think, is that, you know, um, the I never owned a Genesis. I only ever played it at friend's house. And it, like playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and looking at some of these other games, it feels just like opening up a whole nother world to me, kind of like right, yeah, it, a portal to another dimension. Yeah, like it, it gives me a lot of the same, uh, you know, like fun, nostalgic feeling that I get when I play Super Nintendo games, except they're all new experiences to me, and that's fairly rare. And so, um, yeah, there's been something about the Genesis. Even when you turn on the Sega Genesis collection for Nintendo yeah. Switch Online. Sega. You can, yeah, yeah. It's it's all very appealing, and that surprised me how much I have been um, eager to get it into the Genesis games. Um, but we will, I'm sure, uh, be, you know, we'll continue to talk about these um collections uh for you know weeks to come as we like spend more time with them and certainly as more games get announced um for them uh but in the meantime mark though that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week on thursday november 4th just dance 2022 is released and oh speaking of a boy in his blob uh the wii version of the boy in his blob is being released on the Switch eShop. Um, Mark, are you going to get it? <laughs> I might pick it up. I actually don't have any idea how much it costs, but if it's like 20 bucks, 
I think I might. If a, yeah. boy in, a boy in his blob is a series that I've only ever like played the Game Boy version, but I do have a soft spot for the series as a whole. Yeah, and I I like the way the uh, the Wii one looks. Like I, I I really like the aesthetic of like yeah, just take like hand drawn animated like genuinely hand drawn mm-hmm. uh, sprites and 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 put them in a game. It's 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 really appealing to me. And then on Friday, November 5th, Animal Crossing New Horizons Happy Home Paradise DLC is released in addition to the big 2.0 update for Animal Crossing. Very excited about that. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I have a, I have a lot of ground to make up. I have to basically start from scratch, whole new island, whole new There's experience. no basically about it. You just have to <laughs> Yeah, do that. that's right. There's no no qualification needed. I absolutely have to start over again. Um, and will you be doing that? Obviously, you have uh, subscribed to the expansion pack, so you get this, um, the NSO uh, X Plus expansion pack. So you get Happy Home Paradise and uh, the 2.0 update for Freezies. Um, so uh, are, you, are, are you going to do it? Are you going to get back in? Yeah, I think I will. I obviously have a lot of other games um, to play, and so I don't plan on like mainlining it. Which, well, but Animal Crossing is never meant to be mainlined anyway. Like, yeah, but collectively, in, in, in the beginning, there's a lot wrong. Yeah, that's true. But in the beginning, there's like a lot you can do, you know, to yeah. get set up and everything. And so, um, maybe I'll try to get some of that out of the way before the expansion pack is released. But yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll probably be a while before I can actually like take advantage of the stuff in the expansion pack. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder. Um... I wonder from zero, from just like turning the game on, how long it takes you to get to um, Happy Home Paradise, right? Like, or if you can just like start on the first day, go to the airport and just put put you to work, right? Like, because it shouldn't require you to have like unlocked any items or even have any bells or nook miles or anything, right? Like, it should be it's kind of its own experience. Yeah, that's a good that's a, that's a good point. I also wonder if like harv's island like the expanded version will just be available now for people that start playing day one you know what i mean so in that way i guess it's an interesting experiment yeah 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 um all right well those are the new releases let's close that out Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, we have a suggestion today um, from listener Aaron. Aaron writes... Uh, I had a topic for 433. Have you ever entered and or won a sweepstakes or raffle prize? Being careful, not to mention Nintendo. Um, he offers his own experience. He says, a couple years ago, I entered a sweepstakes for a Japanese radio station in LA, and I won a prize package consisting of about 40 cups of aloe yogurt, a t-shirt, <laughs> and a towel. I had to eat at least two cups of yogurt <laughs> for every meal for a couple days, but uh, before the yogurt... Uh, before the the expiration date um, passed. Looking forward to the next episode. Aaron, Mark, have you ever won a sweepstakes or uh, or even entered one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've totally entered sweepstakes before. Have I won one? Um, yes, I guess actually I have. So 
uh, a few when I first moved to LA, like I must have been here for only a few months. And uh-huh. um, so I've always really enjoyed Mystery Science Theater 3000. And while the show is on, they brought it back recently with Netflix and um, most uh, another like independent Kickstarter most recently. But there were years where there was nothing. And so the but uh, a lot of people who worked on the same thing had another project called Cinematic Titanic and they would go on tour. And I won from like a movie website that I follow. I won tickets to go see them when they were in L.A. And so that was that was, you know, part of my like uh when I was new enough to LA where I was just like, man, this is like such a cool, like magical city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that is a fun phase. Um, and the sweepstakes that uh, I entered and won something uh, is sort of related to a, a, a similar story. Um, but uh, th- there was a while where we used to go to the um, Simpsons trivia at uh, the uh, Meltdown. Um, that there it was a, a monthly contest uh, called the Stone Cutters, um, and uh, Sarah and I and our friends Michael and Michelle would um, would compete and frequently win. Um, because uh michael and i are uh in- insane <laughs> simpsons trivia nuts um and so the uh the simpsons artist uh john i, I think his name is mahat m m a h o t uh m a t h o t doesn't matter um uh we we won a contest and he drew four um like sketches of uh Simpsons characters and we have two of them up in our uh, in our bedroom uh we have one that's um Kirk Van Houten Milhouse's dad uh saying uh meet me later at the single dad at the single dad's bar uh, and the other one is Duffman uh and says you guys are the winners oh yeah <laughs> did you get to choose which characters or were those Yes, we got to choose which characters, um, and Michael and Michelle have the other two, um, and they are Santa's little helper, and now I can't remember who who the other who the other one was. We wanted weird characters. Yeah, you know? no, that's amazing. Those are such those are such good pulls. But um, but r- right at the same time, Sarah entered like a sweepstakes um, through the AV Club um, to win an original sketch of Bart Simpson uh, by Matt Groening, and we won it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so we've got a lot of like simpsons stuff <laughs> i guess if somebody really wanted one you could probably go to the thai restaurant in hollywood jit lada and just yeah. like steal one from under the table because they have lots of uh matt Groening drawings matt Groening loves jit lada and i guess would just always draw stuff there <laughs> but I, I entered i entered a lot of sweepstakes as um a kid i don't know if you did like sweepstakes for like nickelodeon rules your school and like all that kind of stuff i I I would you know i would i would write i never won anything like that but i totally entered every sweepstakes i could as a kid um my uh friend pete his cousin uh adam always used to call into radio stations for uh those things and just win concert tickets because like he like he did it all the time like he was always getting free concert tickets cuz i guess like for the most part like not that many people actually do that you know <laughs> or like sitting around during the day calling into the radio station i i actually that's such a good point i wonder especially now where i think less and less people are listening to terrestrial radio if it becomes easier and easier to win these contests uh, and that is the applause uh, as we were accompanied today by uh, listener Stephen. Thank you, Stephen, for uh, that, that perfect recording of 433. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. 
last week it was reported that Nintendo has closed two of its North American offices in Redwood City in California and Toronto in Canada. Nintendo's statement about the closures reads in part, quote, Nintendo of America headquarters are in Redmond, Washington, and Vancouver, British Columbia. We are moving more of our employees and operations into those headquarters and will be closing small satellite offices in Toronto, Ontario, and Redwood City, California over time. End quote. So, uh, yeah, that's, um, I mean, is it actually downsizing or is it, um, like, what, what's happening here? So it's unclear. I think Kotaku's the one who initially broke the story and their reporting was that 100 employees would be displaced. Um, so I guess it's possible that some of those will be offered, like, relocation. But it does seem like that there is going to be some, at least some amount of downsizing yeah i mean especially from like toronto to vancouver like that's that's a move yeah you know well and on the same day the uh senior vice president over like marketing and sales who is based out of the redwood city office i'm uh didn't write down the name and i'm forgetting it right now but he announced that he's going to uh yum brands for kfc and so it seems like just some sort of restructuring yeah like and consolidating of um sales and marketing yeah and that i mean i think that's a an important little like footnote to this is that like this isn't anything like game development related like these these are just they you know they're not studios they're offices um so you know they may be part of what drives the communications uh especially um like the america's based communications um but it you know is this is not as though like uh they're cutting back on any sort of development or or game stuff like that right yeah it is i mean it is super super rare for nintendo to make moves like this you know like famously during the wii u era um former nintendo president satoru iwata you know like took no salary so you know in um basically like promise not to lay off people and so it's rare for nintendo to restructure like this it's also interesting that doug bowser who's the current president of nintendo of america he was the senior vice president of sales and marketing um so this the role that this person whose name i'm forgetting is leaving uh that was his role before he was promoted to president of nintendo of america so i mean what does this all mean like we will never know because Nintendo operates pretty secretly, but um, just interesting. Here, here's something that I think is very funny, is that there seems to be like an executive pipeline between Nintendo and Yum! Brands, <laughs> right? Because Reggie came from Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I guess there, I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, the target audience is very similar. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it is... Uh, Maybe a little like humbling and or humiliating to be like, yeah, selling you video games is the same as selling you crappy Fried junk chicken. food. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, mere moments after the Nintendo Switch Online expansion p- plus expansion pack launched, the service was data mined. No surprise there, leading to all kinds of speculation about future games for the announced services and even uh, potential mystery emulators for an unannounced system. So first, the additional platform. The current emulators are all numbered. So the Nintendo Entertainment System is number one. Super Nintendo is number two. The N64 is number three. And Genesis is number five. 
which means there's a mystery number four that is as yet totally unaccounted for. I love this. This is my favorite kind of like mystery where it's just like, here's a number. We got a number with no information next to it. What's that number mean? Um, you know, like a few weeks before, I mean, just a few weeks ago, like before the Nintendo 64 Switch Online and Genesis Switch Online were revealed, there were rumors and reports from outlets like Nintendo Life that a Game Boy slash Game Boy Color library would be added to Nintendo Switch Online. And that hasn't happened or did not happen. So I guess like that could be it, but weird that it just got skipped. Yeah, it 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 is weird. I I mean the the numbering is also like just strange cuz it's like what do those numbers represent, right? Like uh, were they uh like intended release order on the uh Switch online cuz they're not if if uh NES is 1, SNES is 2 and N64 is 3, that makes sense so far, but then the Genesis is 5 means it's also not like, you know, like actual release order right because the genesis came out before the super nes even so like i don't know I, it's the, the it's the the numbering is just very like funny and sort of like random to me yeah and but i don't know i still don't entirely know what to make of the like game boy game boy color rumors just yeah. because they came out of nowhere hit like really hot for about a week and then we you know haven't heard anything about it since so well, yeah and i like if if i recall correctly the like insiders that were talking about it were saying that there like is another uh, you know there is another library coming to the nintendo switch online uh and being like like game boy or game boy color you know it's uh i i, I think the the specificity of the game boy and game boy color thing was the most speculative part about that that like they knew something was coming yeah that, and that made a guess that could be i mean nintendo life did specifically say that they confirmed you know that it was like game boy game boy color but that no, is well, but yeah, that is know. you know i mean that's one source out of you know a lot of people who were talking about it right. um another thing that came come out of the data mine is that the roms for the nintendo 64 and genesis games also appear on numbered lists and there are at least 38 Nintendo 64 games and 52 Genesis games um, on the list. So, and the lists are also alphabetical. So it's possible to like kind of logic out what some of the missing games could be. Like a friend of the Nintendo 64, like Smash Brothers, Wave Race 64, Mario Party 1 through 3 are all presumed to be among those unlisted games. Uh, which is all super compelling and like, uh, I mean, if if thirty eight games come to the Nintendo sixty four, um, that that value seems undeniable, right? Um, even with like sort of substandard uh emulation, like thirty eight games is a lot of games. Um, yeah, I don't know what 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 what's your take on this, Mark? Do you think we're actually going to get all thirty eight of these games? No, I would be, or no, I don't think so. Although at the like the library at launch is not that is not huge for Nintendo sixty four games, and so yeah. to, I feel like to get to thirty eight at the rate that they seem to meter these things out, that would take a really long time. Um, but also, I wonder if it's like thirty eight games in various stages of like development and testing and some of them aren't going to work out right like they can't emulate it 
Right. Uh, like the emulation d- doesn't pan out or whatever. And so, no, I, I would be shocked if we end up with 38. But I yeah, me too. W- love to be surprised. I mean, you know, there's still some heavy hitters who that haven't been revealed as, you know, part of the launch lineup or coming soon. That would definitely be cool to have. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, what do you make of uh, the sort of like speculation that Mario Party 1, 2, and 3 would all be on here, um, which is being data mined at the exact same time that Super, or Mario Party Superstars uh, is, is released, which is just sort of a greatest hits of Mario Parties 1, 2, and 3. I know. It does, like, uh, on the one hand, it seems strange to not put any Mario Party games on here, but on the other hand... Um, you're like, well, you can play a lot of, you know, a lot of this content online for as part of uh, Mario Party All-Star. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Mario Party All-Stars? I, f- I said that. And Superstars? Super. Yeah. We all yeah. know what we're talking about. We all know what we're saying. We're fine. <laughs> um, speaking of games that could or could not be coming to the Nintendo 64 Switch Online, which really, that's a very broad category. But uh, speaking of, GoldenEye 64 has been removed from Germany's official list of media harmful to young persons, which amounts to a... uh, And games that are on that list, or media which is on that list, amounts to a de facto ban in the country. Items on the list are apparently automatically reviewed after 25 years of being placed on there. But the company uh, Stadelbauer Marketing requested an early review and had to pay for that privilege. And at following that review, uh, GoldenEye 64 was removed from the list and so was no longer on there. So if, in theory, somebody wanted to release uh, GoldenEye 64 in Germany, they could. So why is this interesting? Because the company uh, Stadelbauer Marketing has a Nintendo connection in that they sell Nintendo-themed toys in the region. Interesting. So, and by that, like, seemingly looking at their website, it's like they sell Mario Kart-themed, um, like, cars and toys. There's this little, like, um, drone, like, helicopter thing that's Mario in a cape that you can make fly around, like... That's the kind it's of fun. stuff. Yeah, I like that's, that. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that they have on their website. So it doesn't seem like anything like directly gaming related. So why this company? Are they acting as like a third party to by like Nintendo's request to try to like throw people off the scent? Is this all generally meaningless? You know, which could very well, well be true. I mean, okay. Here's the th- here's the reason why I don't think it's meaningless. Um, 20, if, uh, everything is reviewed after 25 years, that means that GoldenEye would be up for review next year, right? The game came out in 1997. So like the difference between having it reviewed in 2021 and 2022 is like, it's infant, like it's so small. Um, like why, if, if they didn't have like imminent plans to try to release the game globally or in Germany or whatever, um, why why would anyone make this push yeah i great question i i i i don't i i do not know um and we already have evidence that there is not just evidence but we've seen that they are going to release one of the rare developed 
um, uh, Nintendo 64 games in the form of uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Um, so, like, I don't know. It seems like they are working with the partners that, like, are, might be a little bit trickier to work with. So, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, GoldenEye has a lot going on there because you have Nintendo, you have Rare, you have, who you know, whoever owns the movie rights to James Bond. Plus, the Aeon Company, yeah. yeah, and so, so there's just, there's just there's just a lot, but yeah. it would be cool. I mean, that would definitely be that would be a big deal if they can if they can make that happen for sure. Yeah, it's it's one of those games where like the library isn't complete until it's there. You know, um, just like the uh, uh, when we talked about um like Game Boy libraries, and uh, I was like, man, if they do one, I don't know if they're going to be able to release the game boy version of tetris just because like the rights around tetris are so like kind of thorny um and they've never re-released game boy tetris um and you were like well it doesn't matter like they just need to like it's not a game boy library until game boy tetris is there yeah i mean it it does feel that way with goldeneye 64 and um yeah so it'll be i i I agree with you because it's like okay if it was going to be re-reviewed let's say 2022 or 2023 i can't remember when it you know like maybe goldeneye was released later in europe or something um and so yeah unless they had like plans soon why not just wait that little bit longer why not just wait yeah why not just wait uh it looks like a worldwide release uh august 25th 1997 yeah crazy yes i mean i don't know so it it something to keep an eye on, or it'll be like so many of these other rumors that we'll never talk about ever again. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. The upcoming Animal Crossing New Horizons 2.0 update was announced as the final free content update, leading uh, pendants to, uh, to wonder whether we would see additional paid DLC after Happy Home Paradise. But in a statement from Nintendo, they confirmed that Happy Home Paradise will be, quote, the first and only paid DLC for Animal Crossing New Horizons. So Nintendo's position right now is this is it. This is it for free. This is it for paid. This is the whole shebang. Right. But I mean, mostly, doesn't this just mean they're not ready to announce new paid DLC, right? Like, I I think them saying this is the first and only paid DLC for Animal Crossing just means this is the only one that we can talk about now, <laughs> which may mean it is the only one. Uh-huh. But like, I, I don't really think this closes the door on there being additional paid DLC in the future. Yeah, I I feel like the way that Nintendo seems to work, it makes sense that this would be the final thing and that that team is going to move yeah. on to other stuff. And, you know, like we'll get another Animal Crossing game 10 years from now or five years from now or whatever. But, um, you know, now they're going to move on to work on ARMS 2 or I don't know. I can't remember right, which. I right. can't remember which team um, is the Animal Crossing team and what else they touch. But, yeah, I mean, for sure, never say never. I mean, it just if you think about um, when Happy Home Designer came out on the heels of um, the New Leaf uh, on, on, on the 3DS, that there was like three or four years between the release of those games. And the fact that we're getting... Um, this huge content uh, update, which is basically a, a brand new game connected to Animal Crossing, um, like a year and a half after the uh, 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 the initial release. Like, yeah, I mean, they're, and Happy 
Happy Home Designer came out of like nowhere, right? Like it seemed like something that was just like, here's more Animal Crossing stuff. So like, I don't know. I think there's uh, there's so much that we don't know about like their uh, development strategies and Nintendo is not in the habit of telling us about um, stuff years in advance. Um, so of course they're going to say this is the only one, you know? There is now a demo for Metroid Dread available in the Switch eShop. So if you have been interested in Metroid Dread but haven't picked it up yet, go check it out. Yeah, we both really like the game. Yeah, it's go try it out. Arguably my game of the year. I haven't really thought about it, um, but I, I have really enjoyed it. Yeah, same. Last week we talked about Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp getting delayed out of December 2021. And while there is no official release date, as of yet, the Switch eShop currently shows a revised release date of April 8th, 2022. Mark, do you believe it? Uh, sure. I mean, you know, it is a Friday. Mm-hmm. It uh, doesn't coincide with, like, the end of a year or quarter end date, which a lot of times will happen with placeholder dates. You know, you'll get December 31st, 2022 or something like that. Right. Um, it's so like specific that, yeah, I guess I would believe it. I mean, as good a day as any. Yeah. I'm counting on it. I'm going to build the rest (laughs) of my year around the fact that it's going to come out on April 8th. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting that it showed up on the Switch eShop, but like wasn't tweeted or anything. Um, but really it's never too early to speculate on when the next Nintendo Direct might happen. And, you know, they have in the past had one in January or February. So maybe they'll talk a little bit more about it then. Yep. January direct. We're calling it now. (laughs) Also planning our years around that one. And finally, we may have declared a moratorium on talking about Lego Super Mario. And it's good that that is reminder is in the show notes because I forgot that we declared that moratorium. I think we did. (laughs) We we did, right? I mean, there was some point where they were like adding expansion packs and I was like, okay, I don't actually care about this anymore. Um, So we can't keep bringing it up. That feels right to me. And so I'm going to say that even if we didn't put a moratorium on talking about (laughs) it, good policy, it's a good policy that we will go back to after talking about this one, because it's just a little too cool to ignore. Lego announced sets, uh, for the Lego Super Mario, new sets that are based on Luigi's Mansion. It's pretty cool. This And yes, the stuff you want to know is here. There are figures for Professor Egad, Polterpup, and King Boo. Very cool. Um, And you can take either Luigi or Mario through these adventures, but neither come with the sets. I feel like these sets are like, um, like the Nintendo 64 one, where they're like expansions of the original, yeah. I guess, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. Um, all the new sets release on January 1st, 2022. Random. Pricing is yeah. set at $24.99 for the Lab and Poltergeist expansion set, $39.99 for the Entryway expansion set, and $79.99 for the Haunt and Seek expansion set. So Lego Super Mario remains an ex- incredibly expensive hobby. Yeah, and again... You can't play any of those without already purchasing either a Lego Super Mario or Lego Luigi. So, like, yeah, it, it just it, it absurdly expensive. Yeah. Um. All right. That's let's close out the news. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. We appreciate it. 
when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page. That's just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying that console number four is the virtual boy. You heard it here first. And thank you for listening. Imagine a podcast. Now, imagine a musical. Now, imagine the two of them made one million babies. Well, you don't have to imagine it, because it's real, and it has a name. One Million Musicals. Each month, we bring you a brand new, original podcast musical featuring talent from across Broadway, films, and TV. You'll hear tales of spooky ghosts, Wild West shootouts, adventures on the high seas, and much, much more. One million musicals. Only a few hundred thousand to go. A Campfire Media Podcast. Campfire.